Even me, Lord, even me, even me, let some drop fall on me. Uh, it is a prayer. It's a prayer. Uh, you know, sometimes you need the whole thing, but sometimes you just want the little bit that God can give. And the song says, even me, Lord, please do not pass me by. Let some drops just fall on me. I'll just be fine. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning uh, for your kindness. You have called us here uh, to hear the word from you. Uh, bless the word. Jesus is the reason for the season. Bless us as we worship you in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I welcome you here. Thank you, Garland Church, for your hospitality uh, to invite as much as you can. And I'm told there's lunch ready uh, after the service. Uh, it is Christmas time, and I think you all know that Christ, our uh, only Christ, is the reason uh, for this season. Uh, you know, uh, we're here just to give him praise. Uh, the year has been so long, uh, but we thank God that here we are, we are in the last month of the year. It's almost done. You know, I've been talking to Elder Wilton since I came over here. I told him to pray. I had two things going in my brain that I could talk about. And he said, Elder, the Holy Spirit will take over. So I want to thank him for having such brothers around like that. They just make you steady. I appreciate that. Uh, this scripture that was read, uh, it is the scripture that I'll close with. Uh, the lesson that I, I feel I should share, uh, it's coming from the book of Malachi, chapter 2, uh, verse 17. Remember the scripture that was read, it is the scripture that I'll close with because uh, this is Christmas time, it's all about Jesus. So I will have to close with the scripture. But I do have, I do have a message uh, for us this morning uh, coming from the book of Malachi. I want every one of us to read these verses. And I appreciate my brother, Mr. Henry Velez, uh, that uh, he always uh, able to deliver within a short notice. Uh, can, you, can we read that scripture, brother? Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. Then we have Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Uh, just to give you a disclaimer, I am not preaching about Titan offering. <laughs> it is the book of Malachi. It's not about Titan offering. Yes, let's all read these uh, verses together. Yeah, have we read the Lord with a word? Yet you say, wherein have we wearied him when you say? All right, let's try again. That was, you were prepping, right? You were just prepping. So now with almighty, right? With almighty. Uh, you know, if you guys don't want, if you, if you want me to preach good to you in such a way that you don't sleep, show me how it's done. Show me how it's done. So you don't have to, because I'm feeling like I'm going to sleep if you read like that. Can we try again? Yeah, let's try again. 
ye have the Lord with your word. Yet ye said, Where is you? When ye said, Everyone that doeth evil is good, and ye delight in them, where is their judgment? Amen. Next verse, brother of Velez, this helps you also to open your lungs. So try and shout. It's not a bad thing at all. Malachi 3, uh, verse uh, 1 through 6. Let's all read that. Behold, I send a message, and ye shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his turn. Even the message of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, ye shall come, said the Lord of hosts. But by the day of his time, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's salt. And he shall sit as a refiner, and purify of silver. And he shall purify the sons of living, and pay them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Jude and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord in, in the days of the coming year. And come near to you to judge me, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false wells, against those that oppose the hell in his way, the widow and his fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his wife. And fear not me, said the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not in Amen. Amen. We, we have a message this morning. So, this is funny that the song says, even me, Lord, even me. But this message, it is the children of Israel. They have a problem here. There is a problem, as you uh, can see from all those verses. But before we go uh, into this scripture, can you think of anyone who annoys you? Can you really think of anyone who annoys you? The end of verse 6 says, For I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. And it says, And he shall sit as a refiner. I want to talk from the subject this morning, and uh, I already said the sermon is, give me Jesus, and it's all about Jesus. If you're sitting next to that person who annoys you, don't say it right now. <laughs> Do not. Israel has gotten on the Lord's last nerve. In verse 17 of chapter 2, he makes that very clear when the messenger says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. 
And I say again, can you think of anybody in Dallas who annoys you? That gets on your last nerve. And Israel has gotten the best of God because of their constant complaining. And in Malachi, God is addressing the criticism and complaints of Israel. Even me, Lord, even me, even me. What is the book of Malachi? It is simply a court curse. The plaintiff is the children of Israel and the defendant is the God of Israel. Israel has taken God to court and they declare an indictment against God and charge God with being unfair and unfaithful. They say that God has abandoned his covenant with Israel. And while those countries around them are experiencing goodness and growth, they are crying, even me, O oh Lord. Israel is in the fight of their lives. And in that offense, they took God to court. And they declare that God is unfair and unfaithful. Now, you know, when I thought about that, number one, I thought about the fact that Israel was not only the one that has taken God to court. We also have taken God to court in many situations and many circumstances. We have all been in our tests and trials, and we have questioned God why. You know, I know the old school, it says never question God. That's what old school. You don't have to question God. God is God. He does whatever he pleases. But I want to say this morning, God is big enough to answer your questions. They say God is unfair and unfaithful. But you know, when I thought about that, I thought about a second thing. Do we really want God to be fair? Do you really want God to be fair, Brother Cruz? Do, do. Where would you be if God was fair? If God was fair with me, I'll be dead. The people who know my history, they will tell you it's lucky for me to be living even today. You don't know me. You don't. And I don't know you. But you know yourself better. If God was fair with you, you will be in the grave. And if God was fair, what house would you live in? 
What car would you drive? What children would you raise? What food would be on the table today if God was fair? And I want to shout this morning that he may not be fair, but he is faithful. They say God is unfair and unfaithful. And what we have presented to us in the context of Malachi is God's defense for himself. Can you imagine God has to defend himself from us? God says to the children of Israel, your problem is that you want to possess your dreams without discipline. What you want is name it, claim it. Believe it, receive it. Grab it, call it. And you want everything that God wants to give you, but you, but you want it without living a disciplined life. And I want to tell you this morning, God limits his blessings to those who disobey him. But then you can say, oh, but the devil still blesses. Yes, the devil blesses. You know, some of the richest people in the world, they have never been through the church doors. But also we have heard that they are so generous. They gave to different causes. And they bless in different ways. But I don't want a blessing from the devil. I want God to bless me. They say God is unfair and unfaithful, and God says, no, you got it wrong. What you don't understand is that I cannot give your dreams and answer your prayers without discipline. And God so lays out in the book of Malachi the relationship that he has with Israel. He does so in Malachi chapter 3 by raising two occupations that say, the occupations will be very familiar to what the children of Israel understand during those days. One, he raises a fuller. You saw during the scripture that God says, uh, the, the, the scripture from Malachi chapter 2 verse 17. And God raises two occupations here where they will go out. Actually, there's a place called Fuller in west of Jerusalem an area located west of Jerusalem where they will go out and take fuller soap, fuller soap, F-U-L-L-E-R, soap. The fuller soap was a detergent to clean the wool of the ship. So God is talking to the children of Israel in the language they understand. The other occupation he raises that he, God, was a refiner. He was a refiner. Now, refiners are known for melting metals. You melt iron, they are refiners. A refiner work together with a furnace. You take a piece of steel, you throw it into the fire, and it will melt. And then you can take a hammer or a 14-pound hammer, and you hit on the edge until you make what you call an X. That's a refiner or a blacksmith. 
So God is giving them an illustration in the language they understand. But then he draws most of the attention on a refiner, one that sits and purifies gold and silver. And what God is saying to you and I today's language, he said, we need to understand that we don't have a relationship with a God who's like Baal. You know, the Baal in the Bible, Baal, you have to tell him everything. You remember the story of, uh, what, what was it? Was it Elijah and the Baal prophets? The Baal prophets, you have to tell them about anything. They don't think for themselves. God is saying, that's not the relationship I want with you. You can't just tell God what to do. Because God is in the business of making us holy, not happy. God is in the business of making us holy, not happy. You see, when you watch TV, all the preachers, they talk about happiness. They don't mention crosses. They don't mention of the crucified Christ. They just don't want to talk about the blood. Because they say that language of the blood is not conducive to this generation. But I want to say to you this morning, if the blood was not given, where would you be? I am saved by the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. I have been saved by the blood of Jesus. Let me come back this way and tell you, not only am I saved, but every day of my life, the blood still works. Oh, yes, it does. I am alive right now because of the blood. The blood still works. And he says, understand me. I want you to understand me. And the relationship he draws out as a refiner, and he says, and he shall sit as a refiner, as a purifier of gold and silver. Now, that does raise some tension for you and I. The question is, does God sit when we suffer? Because the definition of the refiner is the one who sits while he's watching the articles put in fire. And Malachi is not even running away from those words. He says God sits while he is purifying gold and silver. For the next text says, he shall sit as a refiner, as a purifier of gold and of silver. Now, I know some of you may say that God does not sit when we suffer. But you ask Mary and Martha, when their brother Lazarus died, he didn't send a resolution, he didn't send a floral spray, he didn't show up to give words of comfort. When he did, he showed up. Four days later, Jesus wasn't anywhere. No words of comfort. They buried Lazarus. 
They went home, they had lunch, and they dispersed. It was over. Four days later, four days later, they had already left the cemetery, and everything is all done, and then Jesus showed up with his disciples, and then he said, if you believe I am the resurrection and the life, does God sit when we suffer? If he does sit, which Malachi does suggest, then maybe we miss the attitude of the refiner. So let's talk about the attitude of the refiner. What does a, a refiner do? Because God says, I am a refiner. He can sit while we are in the fire. He can sit while we are in the fire because he says, his sitting says that he is in charge of the fire. So he can sit. When we are in the fire, we have his undivided attention. When we are in the fire, we are not moving around and we are not preoccupied because it's painful in there. When we are in the test of our lives, when we are going through the storm and the rain, I want you to know that we serve a God that even while we are in it, his eyes are still on us. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and low from, for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion and a constant friend is here. If his eyes are on the sparrow, then I know he watches over me. So even while I'm in the fire, I sing because I'm happy. I keep on singing because I'm free. If his eyes are on the sparrow, then I know he watches over me. And he shall sit as a refiner. Now, his sitting says, we have his undivided attention. But his sitting, secondly, says, we have his unconditional affection. Now, some of you, uh, you have never seen my mother because she's already dead. But I remember her when I was a little boy. Uh, I did not grow up in the generation where your parents tell you to go to your room after you misbehaved. My mother would beat you on the spot. It doesn't matter whatever she was holding. She would just beat you right there. Some of you have grown in this generation where you misbehave and your parents say, no TV tonight. That's not the generation I grew up. My mother, maybe she, you were raised the same way as I was raised. My mother will say to you, act a fool in public if you want to. And I'll make a fool right there with you. If you go to Walmart and you throw some tantrums, my mother will beat you in Walmart, right there. <laughs> she will not have to go back home. She doesn't have to reason about this thing. 
But then you come to the United States, they say the children can call 911. But I still believe my mother will beat you anywhere. It doesn't matter. But here's the good thing. I'm preaching in a pulpit today. And I'm not in a prison system. I'm teaching the word of God because my mama loved me with a tough love. That's what God is saying to the children of Israel. Whom the Lord loves, he chastises. So if God has you in the fire this morning, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he's still in love with you. And he shall sit as a refiner, as a purifier of gold and silver. Because his love is unconditional. When we are in the fire, we have the best attention. Sitting, sitting, those who sit can only be, be, be kings. Sitting in this scripture, it's a metaphor. It is only the kings who sit. The kings are the last one to enter into the room. And when they sit, then the program starts. There will be no movement. Sitting is a metaphor in this text for authority. Yes, God can sit. The other time, God was in the boat and he was sleeping. Do you remember? And the disciples, they called out. He can do whatever he chooses because he's just in control. What God is saying to Israel is, I know you are in a situation you don't want to be. And what God is saying to you this morning is, I know if it was up to you, you did be going through something else. You don't want to be in this season you've been through. You don't want this sickness. You don't want things, the stars were not aligning for you. You tried so hard. And God is saying, no, I understand you don't want anything that is going on. You would rather have a different season than this season, this kind of a season. But God is saying, hold on. Watch this. Watch this. The fire is in control. The fire is in control. The reason I can sit is because I am in control over how hot the fire can get. Did you see that? Now, some of you mispraise right there. Because it might not be the way you want it to be. But it could be worse this morning. Am I right? It could be worse this morning. It could have been me outdoors with no food, no clothes. Or just alone without a friend. Or just another day, a tragedy day on 635. But he didn't see fit to let none of these things be. Every day by his power, he keeps on blessing me. He keeps on blessing you. You could be missing. In this church, we do have 
uh, two announcements. Relatives of our members that are missing in this church. We pray over these things, and yet you're still sitting right here. You could be lost and end up in some bad places in this sick world. But his hand pursues you with love and protection. So I just want to say thank you for all you have done for me, Lord. Thank you. And you shall sit as a refiner, as a purifier of gold or silver. Well, not just the attitude of the refiner. We were told the, the refiner sits. But now let's talk about the thing that is being refined. Maybe there's a word about the article that is being put in fire. And he shall sit as a refiner, as a purifier of gold or silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. Why not Reuben? Why not Dan? Why not Benjamin? Why not Naphtali? Why is it that it is only the sons of Levi getting purified? Because the Levites were responsible for leading the people of God into worship. You remember the book of Ezra? The book of Nehemiah? What is he saying to them? God is saying, the greater the anointing, the harder the hit. You know, if you don't want people to criticize you, don't accept any position in the church. If you are the pastor, they criticize you every day. If you are the elder, it's even worse. They go to lunch with you. They work up with you. But God is saying, that's okay. It comes with the anointing. It comes with the anointing. Now I want to say to you, don't you be jealous of what I drive or where I live because you don't know what I go through. You don't know. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about you too. I don't have to be jealous about where you live or I don't know what is going through your life. You don't know how many times I started to give up. You have no idea. You don't know how many times I wanted to throw in the towel. You have no idea. You don't know what I'm going, what I'm going back home to. You have no idea. You don't know how many times I wanted to walk away from my job. You have no idea. The greater the anointing the greater the heat. Touch somebody and tell them you don't want to go through what I've been through. Just touch them and tell them. You don't want that. Tell them, don't hate. Don't hate. Unless you know how I live, don't hate. You don't know how many nights I have to pray. You have no idea. You don't know how many times I, I want to just throw in the towel. You have no idea. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. If anyone ought to make noise, it ought to be those who God has his hands on. 
Some of you are going through situations that were never intended for you. But here was your prayer. Lord, bless me like sister so and so. And you got yourself in trouble because you don't know what sister so and so have been through. And you don't want to go through what I've been through. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. It is the branch that bears fruit that gets pruned. It is all with the most gold that gets put back in the fire. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. The greater the anointing, the greater the heat. It was December 1990, to be specific, 6 December. <clears throat> My mother passed. And I had questions even until today. At a very young age, I was in a male chorus group. I was in a choir. In my primary level, I was already going around in a choir. I was taking gospel music very, very, very serious. <clears throat> there was a time I gave up. I did not want to hear anything about church. I went through that phase. I had a house that I owned myself. 18 years old, it was very close to a church. It was a minute away from church. And I didn't attend the church. The elders would come and talk to me. I didn't want to hear anything about church. In the choir that I was singing, the choir was always traveling. It was a male chorus, only men, more than 32 men. And we were traveling and singing in prisons and camp meetings like going to Athens, Lonster Camp. We will visit those kind of camps. Going through some weeks of prayer, big or small groups, we will be there to uplift people and sing for people and see them accepting Christ through music. So I said to Christ, one day I was talking, I said, Lord, I've been, I've been around church for a while. And through music, I've preached. Through music, we have prayed with folks. Through music. When you pray for folk and they get healed and you watch your own mother's life dwindle away and you ask God, how can this be? I told the Lord, I said, haven't I done enough for you? Haven't I preached places through music, in prisons, and throughout the country for you? How could you do this to me? And the Lord said, yeah, everything you are saying is about the gift and the anointing I've given to you. But the greater the anointing, the greater the hit. Well, my friends, the question is, 
How long is God going to keep you in the fire? Because I know all of you here, you've been going through seasons. We go to the Lord in prayer for different reasons. Some are seeking children, some their health is going away, and some they have lost their jobs, and some are just lonely. We go to the Lord for different reasons. How long is God going to keep you in this fire? A man called Charles Spurgeon says regarding this text. He said, God will hold you in the fire until you see his reflection in you. Did you hear that? He is going to hold you in the fire until he sees himself in you. He's going to keep you in the fire until he sees his reflection in you. When you get out of the fire, you're just going to be like Jesus. You know, it's easy to talk, but it's hard to walk. If you want to know how long God is going to keep you in the fire... He's going to keep you in that fire until you learn to walk like Jesus. Until you learn to talk like him. Until you learn to say, I did rather have Jesus than anything else. Until you are, until you are like Christ or Christ-like. Your prayer should be... Your prayer should be not to be in the fire, but Lord, hold me in the fire until I do what you want me to do. That should be your prayer this morning. But now as I close, I want to tell you about a story. A story, it's a message about a birth in Bethlehem. An agony in the garden and a trial before Pilate. I have a story to tell. It's a story of a crowned king. Nail pierced hands and a wounded side. I have a story to tell. It's a record of tragic Friday afternoon, a gloomy Saturday, and a victorious Sunday morning. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, or what a foretaste of glory divine. I am an heir of salvation, purchased of God. I've been born of his spirit. I've been washed in his blood. This is my story this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. I'm going to tell this story until every city becomes a new Jerusalem. I'm going to tell it until every house becomes a house of prayer. I'm going to tell it until every house becomes a house of prayer. I'm going to tell it until every sinner has been saved by grace. I delight in doing that. Oh Lord, there's joy in telling the story of how Jesus is mighty to serve. I just want you this morning to know that God loves you, whoever you are, and he's inviting you to come to Jesus. He's inviting you to come to Jesus, receive Jesus as he is. Come to him as you are, and his grace will save you He didn't tell you to go and talk with anybody else. Just tell it to Jesus. 
You don't have to, you, you don't have to go out there uh, and have a conference with anybody else. Just come to Jesus. You don't have to go and get somebody to recommend you, to recommend you. Just tell it to Jesus. There's, there, there are no puzzles to put together. There's no hieroglyphics to decipher. No foreign language to translate. Just believe in him. Stop saying that you have sinned too long and too much. If your sins are like scarlet, he will make them whiter than snow. Stop saying I'm just like my father and that's the reason I act like I do. He is able to forgive any individual of his sin. Any individual who will come to him, he will in no wise cast out. He is the reason for the seasons. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's all stand as we pray. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Father, you have called us to be here this morning. We are so thankful for your word. We thank you for Jesus who died in our place. We thank you for the season that we have to pause and give you glory and honor. Everyone who walked through this door, may they have your protection throughout this holiday from traffic, from sickness, from anything that may claim their lives. I dedicate them. I surrender them in your hands. If they do their business, may they, remind, they be reminded they have a Savior that loves them. Be with us as we depart from this place. May we never depart from your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat>